What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Day Sports Podcast. And today, guys, we've received exciting news. The MLB is coming back. But unfortunately, Elliot was not able to make today's podcast, so it's only going to be me and Henry for today. But let's get right into the MLB coming back. And the MLB and the MLB Players Association just came to an agreement with a 60-game revised schedule because of COVID-19. So, Henry, why don't you talk a little about uh, this revised schedule that they're implementing? Well, Andrew, this revised schedule will include a 60-game schedule where teams will only be playing against their division and their division across the leagues, which would be AL Central and NL Central, AL East and NL East, and AL West and NL West. So instead of playing against teams all around the country, they're going to stay basically in their own bubbles. They're not really going to be in an actual bubble, but we'll get to that later. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this revised 60-game schedule? Henry, I'm just excited that the MLB is coming back. You know, I mean, any any sort of schedule just to get the MLB back would have been just perfectly fine. And I think this was great. You know, the MLB and the Players Association weren't really coming to an agreement, so it was kind of getting a little unknown if there would be a season. But Robert Manfred did it, guys. He did it. And I, I didn't think I'd be saying this, but there is a season coming back. 60 games, I think, is a good amount of games to get into the groove uh, until the postseason. So, and they're already starting practicing, which I see. They're already scrimmaging with their own teams. And I like the idea how they're staying within their own region, like the AL Central and the NL Central teams will be uh, playing against each other because not as much travel over the entire country will be good, I think. So I kind of like how they, uh, how they made this new schedule. I really like it. Yeah, Andrew, although they were unable to find a way to have teams play everybody across the entire country, I think this is a very good second to what they, what could have happened. And unfortunately, you know, it would be better maybe if they had a bubble, but we're going to get to see the actual stadiums and not these random stadiums like the NBA is going to have to deal with. But let's move on to today's next topic, which is the universal DH. And I believe that is coming because there's going to be a lot more interleague games that are being played. And it's just, it's just a thing that was going to happen regardless in a couple of years. And I think this was a good year to start, especially when you only are playing 60 games and you can see how it works. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts on this universal DHS coming to baseball? Well, Henry, uh, the designated hitter always kind of helped the AL teams when playing against other AL teams. But I think this benefits the NL teams tremendously because it always helps having an actual hitter in instead of the pitcher because pitchers, as everyone's seen, when they hit, it's not great. Three quarters of the time they're striking out, and it's just not what people want to see. These pitchers come up, and they can barely make contact. So it's great to see that they're actually putting in a ninth hitter, which is amazing. And I think it will really benefit NL teams. And AL teams, I don't think it won't benefit them because they're used to it. But I think against when AL plays NL, I think the NL teams will be uh, truly benefiting from this. So, Henry, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, Andrew, I think it's a good thing because at this point it was it, it should have been in baseball for a while. I don't know why the NL was always different from the AL and had the pitchers hitting. I mean, there's probably – it just happened from the start, but I think it was always the thing that needed to be changed, which this is the year to probably change it, and I think it will be changed forever like this. But, you know, Andrew, this is an interesting topic we're moving on to now. You know, the M- NBA is doing a – bubble where all 22 teams are going to be staying in this one city where as the MLB is going to be playing all across the country and teams are going to be playing in their own home stadiums. So Andrew, what do you think is going to happen? Like, how do you think it will differentiate from the NBA? Well, Henry, this is tough because the MLB and those teams are now forced to still have to travel, even though, which I like the MLB is limiting their traveling with, uh, having them play and restrict them to play within their regions in the country, which I like, but it's, it's tough. And I think the MLB might've done, could have done a better job with this, like the NBA, because the NBA is keeping them in close quarters in Disney in Orlando, Florida. And I think that's great because the NBA players now can uh, see the attractions in Disney. They can have a low free space in their quote unquote bubble and they can still live comfortably in a hotel with uh, a lot of attractions around them. And now these MLB players, unlike the NBA, are being forced to travel, which is an extra risk uh, to catch COVID. And I just think the MLB could have done a better job and maybe even created a bubble, maybe somewhere in like Arizona, somewhere with nice weather, and they could have all uh, the MLB teams stay within close quarters in the quote-unquote bubble, just like the NBA is doing. And they can get teams to start playing without the travel. So, honestly, I think the MLB could have done a better job, Henry. You know, Andrew, I think the biggest reason that there wasn't a bubble was because they had to play so many games, and eventually you're going to rack up cases. It's it's just going to happen. Players are going to get sick. People are going to get sick. It's just going to happen. And when you're there for so long, you're just kind of reinfecting everybody. And I think spreading people out might actually help the MLB a little bit more. And and another reason was I don't think the MLB really has the money to rent out an entire place for that long. And it, it would just be really hard to see it any different than the way it is right now. Yeah, Henry, and you brought up a good point because unlike the NBA, the MLB isn't bringing in as much money or revenue as the NBA is because you have to think the NBA is a bigger business than the MLB, and I think the NBA is a little more worldwide than the MLB. So you have to think maybe is it because the money that they couldn't even rent out a whole place or a whole bubble where they could fit all MLB teams, but it's hard to think that the MLB because they're still nonetheless they're still a big business because so I think they still probably could have made a little bubble but you made brought up good points saying these teams when they're together for so long they're going to be together for probably if they were in a bubble I'm saying hypothetically they would have been together for five months trying to finish up this season four months whatever it is they would not probably be able to do that without catching COVID because these NBA teams, they won't be with each other for that long, that stretch of time. They'll only be with each other for probably two months, maybe half of that, three months, who knows. But 
having these MLB teams together, there's a lot more players on an MLB roster, a lot more staff, and that's the worry. You know, they, there's a lot more people involved in the MLB business and MLB rosters. So to have that many people in close quarters for even more time than the NBA, you would think maybe it's better to spread them across the country. Maybe it's better just to have them stick within the re- regions in the country, even that means a little travel here and there to places nearby. But I think overall it's, gl- it's good to just see that the MLB is coming back, even if it's without a bubble. Yeah, and Andrew, let's move on to our final one of our final two topics today and listing our favorites, our World Series contenders. So, Andrew, why don't you list a couple for us? Yeah, Henry, and uh, one that comes straight to mind for me is the New York Yankees, the Bronx Bombers. And you just think of that lineup. They have big bats in that lineup. You know, they have Aaron Judge. You got Giancarlo Stanton. You got Gary Sanchez right in the meat of that lineup. And then you still have Glaber Torres in there who provided a good bat for them in the uh, last year. And now you think even in the pitching now, you think of that, Garrett Cole, they just signed him to an amazing contract. I think it was one of the biggest contracts in MLB history. So you have to think the Bronx Bombers will come back better than ever next year. And also another team for me, you have to think the Dodgers because the Dodgers uh, just acquired Mookie Betts in the offseason, which he is one of the best players in the MLB when he's healthy. And you think about it, last year they still had one of the best players in the MLB in Cody Bellinger. So having them pair together will just be amazing in that lineup. And then you think about their pitching staffed. You have Clayton Kershaw, year in, year out, he's always performing. You have Walker Bueller, who had an outstanding year last year. And then you also have Alex Wood, who uh, is also an amazing pitcher in that rotation, in that starting rotation. And then you think about it, yes, they're going to be missing David Price. He did announce that he will not be playing in this revised schedule that the MLB is having in 2020. But you still think about the Dodgers. I mean, even without David Price, they'll still make an impact in the MLB this season. So, Henry, who do you think are your favorites to possibly make a run in the postseason? Andrew, I'm going to agree with both of the teams that you have there. And if I had to make a World Series prediction right now, those would probably be the two teams. But I'm going to name one more team, I think, that is a very, very top-level World Series contender. That's the Atlanta Braves. Although they they are losing Nick Markakis, I think, because he's not going to play due to the coronavirus, I think – with Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, although they don't have the greatest pitching, I think those guys are three of the best players in the MLB right now, and they can carry them. Another team, I think, obviously, although they are have had a lot of problems this year and probably going to rack up the hit-by-pitch numbers, the Houston Astros. They did lose Garrett Cole, but besides that, they really have the same team, and that team last year was very good and was a, couple, a game away from winning the World Series. And, I, this year, I think they'll be just as good, if not maybe even better. Although they did lose Garrett Cole, like I mentioned earlier, that could impact a lot. Yeah, Henry, and I think that if the Astros uh, cut down their cheating scandals uh, count a little, I think I think they should uh, be a big factor in the MLB. But let's move on to our sleepers in the MLB. And I think one that comes to mind for me is just the Philadelphia Phillies. And last year, a lot of people were expecting them to make a big boom in the 
uh, in the league because they had that great signing of Bryce Harper, and they just did not see it last season, and they didn't have a great season. So you have to think this year they're coming back better than ever, and I do think that. They had a great signing in the offseason, D.D. Gregorius. That should help them out a lot. They also have uh, Aaron Nola, their pitcher. They have J.T. Real Muto. I'm pretty sure they still have Reese Hoskins, who has a great bat occasionally. And I just see him coming back better than ever. So, Henry, who is your sleeper, or if you have multiple sleepers, this upcoming season? You know, Andrew, my biggest sleeper this year, I think, I mean, they're starting to become not much of a sleeper, is the the Angels. And I think it's just that signing of Anthony Rendon is just huge for a team like that and who needed a second star. Although they could be the Phillies of, next, of, lat, of this year, because they signed a big player, paid him a lot of money. He is a really good player, He, but he showed out last year. I think the difference with Bryce Harper is he hadn't really played well in a couple of years and he'd been hurt. But Anthony Rodone is a great player. They're going to have a lot of great hitting throughout that entire lineup if Shohei Otani is able to hit Albert Pujols, Mike Trout, obviously, and Anthony Rodone, as I mentioned before. Although the pitching may not be spectacular, you do have the best player in the MLB as well as another top player, perennial all-star, Anthony Rendon. So, Andrew, is there any more sleepers you have, or do you think that's good for this? Well, Henry, one thing I want to add is uh, Mike Trout. I mean, there's been voice concerns that he might not even play in uh, this upcoming revised schedule. So do you think there's a possibility he might not play, or do you think uh, he'll still suit up for this season? You know, Andrew, I think he will still suit up for this season, but I'm starting to get a little nervous. You know, I think there's a chance he might not suit up, but when you're the best player in the league, I think, you know, you, you care about your sport a lot, and I think that's just going to put – he'll play, but I don't know. I think he could sit out maybe a couple of games towards the beginning slash end, and I think it, it'll be interesting to see, but at this point I think he will play. Yeah, Henry, and you see stars every day pulling out. I mean, David Price is the prime example of this, and it's just scary to see if even more stars in the MLB that generate the revenue, that generate the viewers uh, week in and week out, start pulling out of the league. That might be a big scare for the MLB. But one name you mentioned, and you mentioned Albert Pujols, and, man, the first thing that came to mind when I heard his name is, I can't believe that guy's still in the league. I mean, that guy has played seasons after seasons, putting up great numbers, great bat in that Angels lineup. So it'll be great to see him in that lineup. But I think that'll wrap it up for the se- or for the sleeper uh, section and topic of this podcast. But, Henry, do you have anything else you have to say for this podcast regarding the MLB coming back? No, Andrew, and I think with that, I think it's going to be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. I want to thank – I think we want to thank everybody for listening. We hope you do enjoy. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.